Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. Mr. Cage, how are we doing on this fantastic Monday, sir? It's the start of a brand new week, Kentucky Guy. It's always something to look forward to. Absolutely. As long as we're above six feet above the ground, we're all doing all right. Well, folks, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us from. We are on 73 different audio platforms, which include Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has a podcast that he co-hosts with and created. Go ahead and tell him about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, You can check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on our official YouTube channel. Myself, Top Tier Rated, and Jigsaw Jester are the co-hosts. We just recorded a new episode on Friday that will be premiering very soon. One of the main topics of conversation was uh, gaming this week. So for those of you who are fans of the new Street Fighter Duel RPG, now available on Android and uh, and Apple devices, you're definitely going to want to check this episode out. There you go. Also. If you'd like to stay up to date on current news and events around the world and here in the good old U.S. of A., I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. We also do some interesting interviews. I just released one today uh, that was supposed to be for Saturday's episode with a hypnosis, a guy who he's pretty amazing. He actually used to be considered a medium at one time, but then he found out that that was all fake in, in psychology, so pretty interesting interview. Get a chance to check that out. That's on the Red Pill Current News Podcast. We do drop two episodes there a week, normally on Wednesdays and Saturdays, but even if we're a day late, you're still going to get two episodes each and every week. All right. Also, if you'd ever like to do an inter- or be on this show or have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's Kentucky. 99 at yahoo.com also merch we do have uh, plenty of merch left all of our social media merch links everything is in the bottom in the description be sure to check that out as well all right folks so normally what we do is we start off with my fantasy booking however this episode here is a little bit different because we've got so much to go over we've got results from smackdown we've got rampage results if we get into it more importantly we had a big pay-per-view uh, yesterday for AEW, which I thought was a pretty good pay per view. We'll get we'll get into that. So we're going to go ahead and start right off with wrestling news and rumors. And what I'd like to do is start off with the SmackDown results because and get that out of the way. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Friday night SmackDown results. So we had uh, the main event was Sami Zayn. And he wrestled against uh, Solo Sequoia. Solo did win because Jimmy Uso got involved in the match. However, here's the thing. There was no uh, Jey Uso at SmackDown. Now, there was a segment backstage where Jimmy told Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, that he got a hold of Jey and Jey needs, needs more time. Reigns said Jey needs more time. Jimmy said, actually, he said to leave him the alone <laughs> rain said he doesn't understand how he could do this to him after everything we've done for him rain said none of this started happening until sammy came along 
He also said he's going to fix this problem once and for all. He wants Jimmy out there with Solo, and he wants him to get rid of get rid of him. If he gets rid of Sami Zayn, then Jay will come home. He told Jimmy to do it for the bloodline and to do it for the family. Jimmy said okay and left. Reigns then told Paul Heyman that if Jay is not back in the bloodline in one week, he's not going to blame Sammy. He's going to blame Jimmy. I thought that was pretty interesting. So we are seeing possibly more cracks in the armor of the bloodline. And I, I don't think it's real, though. I think they're going to come back together before WrestleMania. The only way I can see Jimmy and Jay going against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which I understand is the plan for this storyline to work, they'd have to come back to Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, and everybody. So your thoughts on uh, that segment, sir? A lot of drama behind the scenes involving the bloodline. And I'll tell you, I my original prediction months ago was that Sami Zayn was going to try to destroy the bloodline from the inside. And it didn't quite pan out that way, but it, there are some cracks forming in the foundation. And the next few weeks leading up to WrestleMania are going to be very interesting. Um, doesn't sound like the tribal chief has a lot of patience left for uh for for his uh, stable mates and they need to present a united front if they're going to look strong and come out of WrestleMania victoria cuz right now right now it's casting a lot of doubt yeah and keeping up with the bloodline at the beginning of the show Roman Reigns actually had a face off with Cody Rhodes for the first time Cody Rhodes was on SmackDown and uh was in the same ring as Roman Reigns i thought that this segment right here was golden. I thought both of these guys come out on top on this promo, and I really, I really enjoyed it. Roman Reigns looking at Cody Rhodes and saying that Dusty Rhodes never mentioned him ever. <laughs> and then you could see, you could truly see in Roman's eyes the respect that he has for Dusty Rhodes. Cody Rhodes telling him that he's got to do it, he's got to finish the story. I thought it was great. I, I really liked this face off, and I think these two need to do one or two more of these before WrestleMania because that really got me hyped up for this match. What was your thoughts? Oh, I agree. This promo segment was great. It made, made both guys look strong. They, they had a lot of words that resonated and especially Roman showing some vulnerability and talking about how much Dusty Rhodes meant to him personally and taking that personal dig at Cody saying that his own father never mentioned him. Um, you know, you know, it was great. And I loved how Cody said, everyone uh, knows that I've been climbing mountains my entire career and you're supposedly the mountain that nobody can climb, but that's what I do. So it just goes to show you how, how serious Cody is about defeating the tribal chief. I mean, this is, this is definitely a match that I'm much more excited about now that these two have stood face to face across from each other in the ring. Yeah. In, uh, I know I say I say this the last couple episodes, but I've got to say it again. I don't believe that it's just going to be cut and dry. Cody wins and gets the title. I just uh, I don't think it's going to be that easy. Uh, I just don't. I know everybody's predicting it. Everybody predicted that he was going to win the Royal Rumble. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's getting close. We also had Rhea Ripley. She uh, went against uh, Liv Morgan. She beat her fair and square. Liv Morgan actually had a fan crying her eyes out in the stands. <laughs> and uh, during the commercial break, Liv Morgan uh, went out to the fan. It was a little girl. And let's see. Uh, she, yeah, she was crying her eyes out when uh, Ripley got a decisive win over Morgan. Now, <laughs> they, made, they made things right for this little girl. Morgan went up to her, gave her a hug. And once they were off the air... So I thought that was pretty cool of the WWE allowing her to do that. Uh, I mean, the only other time I seen a face like that, that upset was that little girl that doesn't like the Miz when she, <laughs> when the camera went over to him after he won some kind of title, she was not happy at all. And then we had, uh, Shayna Baszler. She with, uh, Ronda Rousey was in a singles competition against, uh, Pagan Knox who had, Na uh, Natalia out there with her. Uh, Shayna Baszler won that match. I mean, easy. Everybody's seen that coming. And then another, and then the last match, uh, 
Escobar. He faced Dominic Mysterio. With Rhea Ripley's help, Dominic did win that match. Once again, Ray does not hit this guy after this guy gets in his face and disrespects him. And doesn't make a lot of sense. But he's going to have to hit him sooner or later if they're going to have this match at WrestleMania. They're going to have to do it. He's going to have to buck up and do it now rather than later so they can start building towards this match. Uh, your thoughts on those three matches, sir? Well, it makes sense to book Rhea Ripley to look strong. She's challenging Charlotte Flair in a few weeks at WrestleMania. Uh, I, I thought th- I thought the segment with Liv Morgan and the fam was kind of touching. I like when WWE or any wrestling company does that uh, every now and then for the fans, has them break character and go out and kind of console them a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about another incident involving a fan when we uh, talk about AEW Revolution later. I think you know what I'm referring to. Uh, I've got guy, but uh, <laughs> but this was uh, no, this was this was good of WWE to do this. Um, yeah, Shayna Baszler. I mean, she and Ronda Rousey are ascending the tag team ranks right now, so it makes sense for her to get the victory over Tegan Knox. And <clears throat> excuse me. And the, and then basically the uh, the last match. Why am I, man? Why am I blanking? Um, Escobar, Dominic. Escobar, uh, Escobar, and Dominic. Yes. So I was a little disappointed by this match itself because I love Dominic's character work. As I always say, in terms of his personality, he's come along. He's come a long way. But this was a really slow paced match for two guys who are supposed to be luchadors. Like I was just expecting the pace to be a little bit quicker. Escobar, I know, is a really good worker. And Dominic has shown flashes of talent when he's in that ring. And I guess the whole idea here is he's just trying to save it for the big match with Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. If that match ends up happening, I'm, I think it's pretty likely it's going to at this point. Um, so I hope that he breaks out his uh, a more varied moveset when he finally faces Rey at WrestleMania when we get that father-son showdown. Um, but yeah, I was a little disappointed by the match itself. Not by the match outcome, but just match itself could have been better in my opinion yeah uh as far as the uh the technical wrestling in that match and like you said the high-flying luchador style i really dominic has got a couple moves but he's still got some work there to be considered a luchador quite a bit of work actually i mean i know he can do the 619 he can do the frog splash but that's about it i mean the rest of his stuff is uh pounding and uh in in uh his groundwork so He's got some work to do to be be considered a true luchador, in my opinion. Also, I can't forget this segment because I thought this was just not enough, but it was okay. Bobby Lashley comes down to the ring, and as he does, the Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt image flashed on the screen. Bobby said for the last two weeks, Bray Wyatt has told him to run, but he doesn't run from anybody. He said since Bray Wyatt won't see him face-to-face, he came to SmackDown to confront him. Boom, Uncle Howdy's video appears on the Titantron. Uncle Howdy appears in the ring and attacks Lashley from behind. Howdy come off the ropes, but Lashley gave him a side slam. Lashley was getting ready to spear him when the lights went out and Howdy disappeared. So this is interesting. In a sense, we're seeing more and more of Uncle Howdy, and it's becoming more and more obvious that that is Bo Dallas from the size and, and the voice this week. There was an article. I read said that Uncle's Howdy's voice sounds familiar, and it does. It's uh, very interesting. I'm just wondering if this Bobby Lashley Bray Wyatt WrestleMania match will it become a triple threat? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't write that off just yet because something's odd here. Because why would Uncle Howdy show up and Bray Wyatt not be involved if it's going to be Bray Wyatt? I can understand both of them attacking Bobby Lashley, but. Just uh, I I don't know. Uh, as far as I know, Uncle Howdy Howdy's not supposed to be a like a protector or a hitman for Bray Wyatt or a bodyguard. So, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's a little confusing about the hierarchy. What's going there? Going on exactly there with Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy? We know they've there's some sort of partnership there. Um, so Uncle Howdy coming out to attack Bobby Lashley, I guess makes sense, but the same time we didn't actually see bray wyatt and you know the man the, the man plays a great character and i want to see more of him on smackdown every week when we just get these little flashes on the screen that's that's just not enough just like you said kentucky guy it's like you got to give the people what they want and they want to see more of this more of his character so 
you know, this segment was what it was. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see seeing where this goes, but I just want there to be a good payoff at the end. Yeah, something's got to. Yeah, I, I think it's time for a major reveal. I don't know what that could be. I don't know whether it'd be Eric Young, Alexa Bliss. It's time for a major reveal because I think it's it's starting just a little bit. I know this is blasphemy, <laughs> but it's starting to go, at least in my opinion, stale a little bit. It's starting to stall out, and they need a major something major to happen because they didn't get it with the Mountain Dew match between White and uh, L.A. Knight at all. They did not get the return they thought they were going to because it was just a hardcore match with a name stuck to it. So, <laughs> All right, so let's get into the first headline, and it's a headline that you already mentioned a little bit about just a minute ago. So let's go. I'll do uh, headline number one. Young fan who had tequila thrown in his face by MGF was taken backstage by AEW staff. MJF had a highly praised 60-minute Ironman match with Brian Danielson in the main event of AEW Revolution. If you don't know by now, uh, he did win that match. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Woohoo! But, however, during it, he, only two minutes into the match, by the way, he grabbed a cup of, he grabbed a cup from a woman and threw water on a young fan who was sitting at ringside while he was outside in the crowd. Brian Alvarez reported that this was a real fan and not planted by AEW. The water turned out to be tequila. Amanda Hubbard and others came out to check on the fan. The fan and his mother were taken backstage. They were given merchandise and will be attending Wednesday's Dynamite in Sacramento. While speaking at the post-event media scrum, AEW pres President Tony Khan and MJF were asked about the incident. MJF said, <laughs> when asked, what was going through his mind at the moment, he said, quote, the kid looked thirsty. <laughs> uh, the follow-up question for Khan was whether there be any consequences for MJ for what MJF did. Quote, by Tony Khan, quote, we had a conversation before we came up here. We had a serious conversation, and I mean that. And it's not to be taken lightly. The young man, Titus, was a real pro about it. And we'll see Titus again here in ADW. I believe Titus is actually coming to Sacramento. I was just with him, and he was a real champ about it. The champion didn't act like a champion there, but I think Titus was great. The champion didn't act like a champion there. Why did they put that in there twice? Anyways, MJF added, saw to the earth that Titus real worried about him. <laughs> so, look, wow. So, I, it wasn't a plant. It was, it really had, I watched the scrum. I think you did too. It, it wasn't a plant. You could tell. Tony Khan was not happy about it at all. And you could tell MJ <laughs> did not care at all that he threw tequila, which if you ever had alcohol thrown in your face, unfortunately I have in the, years ago, it burned, <laughs> it hurts. It burns your eyes. So this guy is just, he's phenomenal. I, I don't know what to say. He's, he's phenomenal. Your thoughts? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, he's uh, phenomenal at crossing the line. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on, you know, you're, you're walking through the crowd. It's fine. You know, it's fine. You're going to, you know, you're going to taunt the fans and everything. That's fine. He's the heel champ. I get it. And he's got to sell his character and all that. But, you know, to just pick up a cup and toss it on a young kid who I thought was a plant too at first, but to just toss it on this, this young kid who didn't ask to have a drink thrown on him. I mean, you know, MJF, you just, you just really tick me off sometimes, pal. You really do. I, I get that you're the champ, and we'll talk about the match itself because there's, there's a lot to talk about. But, you know, you, you got to draw the line somewhere. And, you know, when you do stuff like that, it's just unbefitting of a champion, in my opinion. Oh, loosen up, man. Loosen up, dude. You're just mad because he you beat your little dragon. That's all. Let's be honest. You're just butt hurt over that match. <laughs> all right, sir. You've got the next two headlines. Let me get the buzzer. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Hall of Fame 2023 update. Induction now owed to six-time champion. Vince McMahon is not slated to go into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Give me sport, has been told. In an exclusive interview, Wrestle Votes explains that the WWE CEO is not set to go into this year's Hall of Fame. 
it was rumored that Vince McMahon would be honored with an induction. But with the 77-year-old coming back to WWE early on this year, fans believe that the chances of Vince appearing on WWE TV and being inducted had risen even further. But during the same interview, WrestleVotes did explain that Batista could end up going in, potentially even as the headliner, after his planned induction in 2020 was pushed back. Vince McMahon is not going to happen, at least as far as this year. Batista seems like it makes the most sense. It's kind of owed to him. The event will also take place in Hollywood, and given that Batista is now a world-renowned movie star, the former WWE champion being inducted this year definitely makes sense. WrestleVotes has revealed some of the names that they've heard discussed for this year's class in addition to Batista. Back in January, Shinsuke Nakamura wrestled in Japan promotion uh, Noah against the Great Muda, and we could be able to see WWE receive their part of the deal. WrestleVotes explains that as a part of WWE allowing Nakamura to wrestle in Noah, they've heard that Great Muda could end up going into the Hall of Fame this year. The Great Muda, I heard, that was the trade-off. I heard he's going in as a trade-off for, Shinsuke, for the Shinsuke Nakamura match. Wow. That would be amazing if the Great Muda were to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, obviously, he's a legend in Japan. Got his start in the NWA and WCW, which is now, you know, their, you know, their whole library is owned by WWE. So this makes a whole lot of sense and would be a really smart business move, honestly, to induct a legend like the Great Muda into the WWE Hall of Fame. Batista also makes sense. I mean, I, I was expecting it for at least a couple of years now, and especially with him having his retirement match with Triple H at WrestleMania 35, I figured it was only a matter of time. And he is a big Hollywood star right now, let's face it. Vince McMahon in the Hall of Fame. Look, we know he's going to go in there eventually. We, the WWE would not be what it is today without Vince McMahon. But there's been just too much controversy in recent months. You've got to let it simmer for a little bit. Induct him, you know, in another year or two when things have kind of calmed down. But as far as the other two uh, possible inductees, I'm all for it. The Great Muda, I agree 100%. Since you bought the company where he started at, and had so much success with, absolutely, he should already be in your Hall of Fame. However, he's just retired. Same thing with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, when Vince McMahon, if he would have stayed retired, I would agree. Yeah, he needs to go in the Hall of Fame this year. However, he come out of retirement. He's on the board. He's the chairman of the board. So, yeah, it doesn't make sense putting him in the Hall of Fame right now. Batista, I have to disagree with you there. I'm just not a Batista fan. I. I I don't think he deserves it. I know he was champion there for a while, but I think if uh, if he would have never got hooked up with Evolution and Ric Flair and Triple H, uh, his career would have went absolutely nowhere. He just he he doesn't do a good promos, and he just I mean he's got three different moves, and that's it. So that's just my thoughts, though my opinion. All right, sir, you've got the next headline. Let me get the buzzard. WWE Hall of Famer Bill Goldberg has made it clear that he wants to step back into the squared circle under the WWE banner for one more match. Not again. Goldberg has only wrestled once in 2022, which was the Roman Reigns match at Elimination Chamber that saw him put over the Tribal Chief. In 2021, he worked three matches that saw him drop a, a loss to Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble and Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam before beating Lashley at Crown Jewel. While speaking with Sports Illustrated, Goldberg was asked about wrestling again. Goldberg stated that they owe him a retirement match, but it's not something he's waiting for the phone to ring. You never say never, especially in wrestling, and they owe me one. That's all I can say. I made a deal with the devil, and I did my job, and they owe me a retirement match. At the end of the day, at 56, it's not something where I'm sitting by the phone waiting for a call. I've got a few ideas of how to do it on my own, possibly in Israel. So never say never. Well, look, um, I've been a big fan of Goldberg over the years. I know he's kind of a controversial figure. Some people believe he's overrated. Some people believe he's dangerous and all that. Um, he had a huge impact on the business for many, many years. He had that great comeback in 2016. I truly, truly believe his WrestleMania 33 match with Brock Lesnar should have been his retirement match. 
it would have been the perfect way to cap off that run, but they had to keep bringing him back for more matches, and he's kind of proven time and time again that he just doesn't have the gas anymore. And and why would he? I mean, the man's 56 years old at this point. Um, so does he need another retirement match? Not really. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's accomplished every everything he needs to accomplish. Will it happen? Who knows? But I, I personally don't think we need another Goldberg match. For God's sake, no. No, no, no. I agree with you on this. Uh, we, don't need, we don't need Stone Cold back in the ring. We don't need The Rock back in the ring. And we definitely don't need Goldberg back in the ring. We don't need Lita back in the ring, for God's sake. So, yes, I agree with you. Man, get away. I seen an interview today or yesterday, maybe today, with Austin Theory, and he was talking about how WWE likes to bring back their legends for one more match and how it's irritating to the younger stars. And I imagine it is. It's irritating to all fans, not just new fans, diehard fans like our, like us as well. So, yeah, we don't need to see it anymore. We've seen the jackhammer. We, we've seen it all. We've seen the spear. We've seen the rock bottom. It's been over and over and over. You know, this, I am hugely against the rock being at next year's WrestleMania. I don't care if it's to fight Roman Reigns or who it is. He does not. He's done. He's an actor. He's Hollywood. Let's move on. We've got so many great stars right now. You got a guy, Gunther, who is a future heavyweight champion. Why, why even worry about these guys that are done in the Hall of Fame already? They've had their career. They've had their ride in the sun. Let's move on. You still got Roman Reigns in his prime. Why in the world would you even worry about Goldberg? Crazy. Okay, so I'm going to do one headline, and then we're going to get into uh, the Revolution match card because I want to make sure we do get that in in this episode, all of it, because there's a lot to talk about. So here we go. Next headline. <laughs> WWE SmackDown tag team appears to be splitting up. Drew McIntyre called out WWE Intercontinental champion Gunther on Friday night SmackDown. Sheamus went out to the ring. And took issue with this because he says that McIntyre already knew that he was going to issue the challenge for a belt he's been chasing for 15 years. Sheamus called McIntyre a backstabbing bastard. Yeah, I said that before. I come on. So, uh, yeah. So the segment was interrupted by L.A. Knight, which I thought, and you can comment on this when you comment on the whole thing, but I really enjoyed the pop L.A. Knight got. He got a huge, huge pop uh, when he came out by the fans, and I thought that was great. LA Knight was out. The New Day came out. By the way, the New Day, uh, there is word, and I did confirm it, uh, Kobe, Kofi Kingston is injured. I don't know to what extent, but he is injured right now. Uh, Karrion Cross came out, and then a brawl broke out. Woods attacked McIntyre from behind, and it looked like McIntyre thought that Sheamus did it. The segment was designed to make the fans think that Sheamus and McIntyre will be splitting up again after reuniting just a couple months ago. Up until recently, Sheamus and McIntyre had been teaming as the Banger Brothers or the Brothers, what have you. Yeah, so they're going to have this match. Uh, we reported it a couple episodes ago. It's going to happen. They're just setting it up. They're going to have a match like a Royal Rumble or like a Battle Royal or something with these superstars to determine the number one contender for Gunther. And please, for the love of God, it does not need to be Drew McIntyre. This should be carrying Cross's win to make up for the silly goose loss against Madcap a couple weeks ago. That's my thoughts on that. Your thoughts, sir? I'm going to surprise you here, Kentucky guy. I actually kind of agree. Even though I'm not opposed to a Drew McIntyre-Gunther match, it doesn't need to be at WrestleMania. I think you can put somebody else in that slot We've already seen Sheamus versus Gunther, so you don't need to do that again. But you could put L.A. Knight against Gunther. Karrion Cross would be great. I'd love to see that. I don't care if, it, if it's a heel versus heel match. It'd be something different, something unexpected. Um, I even wish um, you know, the, the fanboy, the NXT fanboy in me, wishes that Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne, could win the Battle Royal and he could renew his uh, rival with uh, rivalry with Gunther from NXT UK. I know that's not going to happen, but that would be a fan's dream right there. But yeah, it does not need to be Sheamus. It does not need to be Drew McIntyre challenging Gunther at WrestleMania. 
Now, do you uh do you remember the uh, Pete Dunn and Gunther rivalry? Because poor old Pete Pete Dunn, uh, Gunther beat or Walter back then beat him to death, man. <laughs> so, but he's gotten better, right? Since he's come up to the main roster. So, yeah, I could see them swinging that. But carrying Cross, of course, he made the most sense to me in the last match they had for number one contender to go against uh, Gunther. So I don't know, but he makes more sense to win this match. I don't even know why New Day is even in the. I don't even understand why New Day is even out there in the picture whatsoever. Anywho, let's get on to the AW Revolution 2023 results and predictions. All right, so we had. Let's go ahead. We've already talked about it a little bit. MJF versus Daniel Bryant in a Iron Man match, 60 minute Iron Man match, and your winner, and still. Heavyweight champion of the world, MJF. By the way, I picked MJF. Donnie picked Daniel Bryant. <laughs> but anyways, I thought this was a good match. Uh, my boy come out on top. I knew he would. But I tell you what, after listening to the post-scrum, the conference, he has been nonstop working out for this match. And it just shows that he is the future and he is the now. Your thoughts? So. Obviously, I'm disappointed to see Brian Danielson lose. I'm a big fan of his. MJF surprised me in this match. And I've never, I, I just want to go on record, I've never said that I thought MJF was a bad wrestler. I just said I don't think he can hang with Brian Danielson in an Ironman match. He did a great job here. He he really impressed me. He he kept, you know, he, he kept pace with Brian Danielson throughout the match. This is a solid contest. And the fact that they made it go to sudden death was also great. It added to the drama. But of course, then MJF, Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, had to go and throw it out the window. What was basically a perfect match up until that point, he had to go and cheat his way to a victory, smacking Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Daniels in the head with an oxygen tank, and then locking in his own submission, the LaBelle lock, which granted, he made Bryan Danielson tap, but that was with a little bit of help to get to that point. So yes, MJF is still your champion, but it still upsets me because mm, he didn't quite win it 100% clean. Iron Man matches are no disqualifications though, correct? That's that's incorrect because he hit a low blow on Brian Danielson during the match and he lost and he lost a fall because of that. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. Huh. You're right. Who cares? He out-wrestled Brian Danielson. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> so the next match, uh, you and I both got wrong, actually. This match here was kind of disappointing because it, it just seemed like they wanted to put Adam Page over because John Moxley had him beat the entire match right up until the end. And that was John Moxley versus uh, Hangman Adam Page, Texas Death Match. Winner, Adam Page. I don't think he deserved to win. John Moxley had him beat. And I don't know why they keep putting this guy over. The fans aren't behind him. He actually got booed. Have you ever seen a wrestler win that type of match and get more boos than applause at the end of it? That was kind of shocking. Uh, your thoughts on this match? It was brutal. I'm going to be honest. It was tough to watch at times, especially when they were making use of the fork and the barbed wire at different points. But I will say both guys left everything in the ring. I mean, this could have gone either way. Especially towards the end, I was having doubts about who was going to win this match. Part of me said, I think Moxley's going to pull it off. And then Hangman Adam Page made that, made that final rally. I mean, good for him. It's a big win on a big stage. Does this mean he's going to be up for a world title opportunity in the new f near future, potentially? But um, I'm guessing John Moxley's going to take a little bit of time off now. That's why he put Hangman Page over here. But I, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. It, it, it held my interest throughout. Yeah, I, I never, for some reason in that match, I never once thought that Adam Page was going to win. Never, this didn't have me on the edge of my seat. I, I felt like John Moxley controlled it all, all the way through. And when you're talking about the fork, man, I love that. <laughs> John Moxley took that fork and just really like, oh man, he went to town on his face. Next match, I actually predicted this one correct, and Donnie, Mr. Cage was wrong. It was uh, Samoa Joe versus Wardlow for the TNT Championship, and we have a new TNT Champion in Wardlow. By the way, 
Everybody knows I'm not a Wardlow fan uh, at all, but I'm not a Samoa Joe fan even more. So I was glad to see Wardlow pick up this win. And now maybe we can get this title around somebody with some credibility and away from Wardlow and, uh, you know, give a little prestige back to it since it's been so tarnished since it's been on Wardlow and then Samoa Joe and back on Wardlow. Your thoughts? Well, as big of a fan as I am of Samoa Joe, it wasn't that I was so much upset by the outcome of this match so much as the way the match ended. I thought it was creative having Wardlow lock Samoa Joe in the Coquina clutch, but it felt like a very anticlimactic ending. Like, I figured maybe he was going to use the clutch to wear Joe down, and then that would set him up for the powerbomb sympathy. I think that would have been a better ending to the match. Um, in getting Wardlow and his power over. I don't know. The ending just fell kind of flat to me. But then again, that was, it was right after the Texas death match. So the crowd was going to need to come down a little bit after that contest. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Wardlow does in his second TNT title run, whether he keeps it for a while or, or whether it's just going to be another mediocre run. We'll see. Yeah, he doesn't need to keep it long at all. He needs to give it up, and Joe needs to give up the television title for ring of honor uh next match let's see we both got this one correct and it was uh for the AEW women's world championship jamie Hayter versus ruby soho versus sarah the match was uh was okay uh jamie jamie Hayter, by the way is still your champion your women's champion the match was all right it, it, it was the only thing was it was kind of odd at the end i guess Ruby Soho is now a heel, and she's joined uh, Sierra and uh, the other girl. <laughs> Can't think of her name. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I thought that was kind of I didn't see it coming. It definitely threw me for a loop. But, you know, Jamie Hayter, I knew she was going to get. The only person removing that title from Jamie Hayter, in my opinion, is Dr. Britt Baker when it's time. So your thoughts on that match? Oh, by the way, this is your girl. Yeah. I was happy to see Jamie retain. Um, she looked she looked strong in victory. Um, again, this this kind of like the Samoa Joe Wardlow match. It ended a little unexpectedly. I don't want to say anticlimactically because I think they wanted to surprise the audience in the way this match ended. I thought Ruby Soho actually put on a good performance. I was I, I was kind of uh, pleasantly surprised there. The heel turn at the end didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I kind of feel like Ruby Soho is more of a loner, not someone to join a stable, but I guess that's just the direction they wanted to go. But but uh, again, at least the right person won the match. Uh, Jamie Hayter, still your AEW Women's Champion. I don't know. Ruby had a, uh, she was in a faction in Ring of Honor, and then uh, she had like the Riot Squad or Club or something in WWE, I think, with Liv Morgan and uh, somebody else. So uh, she's been a part of them. I'm just surprised because, it seemed like they were putting her over the last couple of weeks as a baby face and the crowd was digging it. I'm not a Ruby Soho fan, so I don't really care what she does. But this faction with Sierra, I don't know, man. This could be something uh this could be something good. Very good. We'll have to wait and see. As long as it keeps growing. The problem is they'll get two or three, I've noticed with AEW in a group, and then they stop growing. It doesn't make any sense. It's like you need to grow just a little bit more, just just like the House of Black. They need one more member. One more member would make more sense. Okay, so we also had, let's see. Oh, this is the match that you talk about. This is the only match of the whole pay-per-view that I was truly disappointed in. I mean, I was, oh, my goodness. Uh, I could not believe the ending of this match. And what we had is we had the Guns versus the Acclaim uh, versus... Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen for a fatal four-way AEW World Tag Team Championship match. And believe it or not, and this is going to shock a lot of you if you haven't been following uh, the outcome to Revolution, the Guns are still your champion. Yeah, let's never give any more legitimacy to the tag team title belts. Let's just keep them on these jobbers. Let's just do that. Let's do that and ruin and keep ruining the name of AEW World Tag Teams. 
Your thought? Yeah, this was the wrong call with this match. I, I literally, literally, if any other team won this match besides the Gun Club, even Orange Cassidy and Dan Helsen, the only reason I'm going to say that is because Dan Helsen actually put his wrestling boots on this match and 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 hit some legitimate moves, which I was really surprised by. Same thing with Orange Cassidy. Uh, the acclaimed looked good. Jarrett and Jay Lethal looked good. I thought a lot of the stuff they did was great. Um, especially with, especially doing the Jarrett strut and everything. That was all pretty entertaining. But why the gun club had to retain here, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I, you and I, you and I, I think both predicted Jarrett and Lethal were going to win this match, and, and we were we were ways off. I would have even been okay with the acclaimed winning the belts back um, over over the gun club. Yeah, wrong, wrong call here. Just the absolute wrong call. Yeah, it was. Uh... That's pretty, pretty disgusting. Pretty disgusting. Kind of like this next match. Uh, I actually predicted this this next match wrong, and you predicted it correct. We had Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. Yep, Jericho put Ricky Starks over. And that's about all I'm going to say about that match. Your thoughts? Well, Ricky Starks blocked the Judas effect, my friend, which uh, almost never happened. So I got to give him props for that one. Uh, you know, the Ocho, uh, brought, brought his A game, but he unfortunately got outsmarted and the younger Ricky Starks won the match. I mean, it was a good way to open the show, uh, where Chris Jericho goes from here. I don't know, but, uh, good for Ricky Starks, big victory. Yeah. I mean, Ricky's Ricky Starks, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's a star. He's a star. I just, uh, you know, the L champion needs one more title run and he's not going to get there by this losing streak that he's been on. Uh, we had Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. Christian uh, Jungle Boy actually end up winning the match. I just think that this feud has been on for way too long, and I really wasn't interested in this match one way or the other. Uh, the only thing I was looking for is I was looking for to see if Luchasaurus was going to come out because there's still no word. He's still listed on the roster, so they haven't released him yet. So I don't know what's going on there. But he didn't show up, and uh, like I mentioned, Jungle Boy was your winner. Your thoughts? Yeah, this was an entertaining enough brawl. I mean, I'm glad that they that Jungle Boy showed a little bit of a, a little bit of a killer instinct in this match. He was a little bit more intense than he normally is, which which is what you have to be in this type of no DQ matchup. Um, yeah, I think uh, having Christian put him over, you know, once and for all, uh, puts a cap on this feud, and they can both move on to other things. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I think they need to. I, I definitely think they need to. And then uh, one of the best matches I thought of the whole night. I thought this match was great. And everybody knows I'm an elite fan, but I have no shame. I mean, I actually predicted, and you did too, that House of Black was going to win. And they were just a better team. Now, I say that because I thought the elite, you know, their contracts are coming up, and I just, it, it doesn't surprise me they lost this match. And that's all I'll say on, on that end. But the House of Black looked very, very strong during this match. And I tell you what, the Elite shows why they're named the Elite in this match as well. So I thought this match stole the show. I, I have to say that. Even with the 60-minute uh, uh, Iron Man match between MJF and Brian Danielson, I don't know, man. In my opinion, this match right here stole the show. And we do have new champions. House of Black are your new AEW World Trios champion. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, this was a great match. I mean, everybody everybody looked good in it, no question about it. All the moves looked great. Some some awesome strikes during the match. Some great high flying. Uh, a very a very creative finish. And the right team won at this point in time. I mean, I, I'm also a fan of the Elite. They're they're great at what they do. But uh, the the House of Black needed this win. They needed these championships to really get them over in a strong way. And yeah, that this was just, that's all I have to say. But definitely one of the highlights of the night. Yep, yep, yep. All right, sir, so you've got the next two headlines. Let me go ahead and hit the buzzer. Dax Harwood tell, says FTR told AEW they would work until their deals are up. I had a feeling they were not very happy with us. On the latest FTR podcast, Dax Harwood discussed the rise and fall of the pinnacle in AEW. 
The Observer Newsletter Awards led to a tweet by you because AEW tweeted congratulations to all the other winners. You tweeted something. It was kind of cryptic. You said, tell us it's April. April's coming up without telling us April's not coming up. And you copied the fact that everybody was congratulated except you guys. Some people noticed that they had not yet congratulated the tag team champions, and maybe they're doing it on the hourly. This, this was a quote by Matt Coon from uh, Matt Coon to Dax Harwood. Um, AEW wasn't tr- tweeting congratulations to you, and how did you feel when you saw the Briscoe tweet? Dax responded, yeah, I did feel slighted. I can't lie. I mean, yeah, it was just because we worked so hard last year. We did with what I feel was not the best content, not the best effort to maximize our momentum from last year. I feel we did our best to make everything work, and for them not to acknowledge us really did hurt me a bit. Matt Coon said, well, everybody is saying also that because of the tweet and because of everything, it's like this big work. AEW is a pay-per-view coming up. On Wednesday night, the show drops on Wednesday. On Wednesday night, there's a casino battle royal where there's tag teams, blah, 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 blah. Dax said, I can't tell you the truth. I wouldn't want to do that to AEW, and I wouldn't want to do that to us whatever the truth is, whether we'll be in there in the Battle Royal or not. I wouldn't want to ruin that for anybody, the fans included. So I will say just watch Wednesday and we'll see. Um, goes on to talk more about the uh, the Pinnacle and using the Four Horsemen name in AEW. Uh, look, um, for those of you who didn't watch AEW Revolution, FTR made an appearance after the Fatal 4-Way for the tag team title match. They confronted... The guns, they, they attacked them, they cleared the ring, and then they held the AEW Tag Team Championship belts up. So I would assume that FTR is next in line to challenge the gun club and hopefully add some legitimacy to the tag team division again. But this does beg the question, have FTR been underutilized in the last year? Um, you know, what what's their future hold? Are they going to stay in AEW? Or if the price is right, could they potentially go back to the WWE. There's a lot of possibilities, and FTR, uh, kind of, I think, kind of has their pick of the litter right now. I got to be honest, when I read that headline that you just wrote, read, and then them surprising me and showing up last night and attacking the gun club, I really, <laughs> I really have to wonder if that was just a, that whole interview was just a work. Uh, I've, I, that that was the first thing. As soon as I seen them last night come out, come out and hit the ring, I was like, "Well, that's you know they're full of crap." They're <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, look how genius Tony Khan and everybody played it with MJF, the big work that he did. So I mean, it's possible. It's possible. What are your thoughts about my idea on that? It's totally possible. I mean. You don't make these comments saying, "Oh, AEW, uh, we were a little, we felt slighted by them, and this, this, and this." And then two days later, what, you, you show up at a pay per view. I mean, you, you know, some of these wrestlers they're not they're not dummies. They wanna they wanna build intrigue. They want p- to get people talking, and then they show up on TV, and it's kind of like, no, everything's cool. We're we're still under contract, and we're still gonna go out there and perform every week. Yeah, well, they're they're coached, right? Just like anything else. They've got agents that are a part of the wrestling business and they've got a, you know, I'm sure they're in constant contact with Tony Khan because he seems to have his finger on the pulse of all the superstars. So yeah, they're coached before they go on any podcast or anything. So who knows what they were told before they got on there. I'm just, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. Something doesn't seem right since they showed up. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. All right, sir. Next headline is yours. Actually, I think that was my that was my last headline uh, about uh, FTR. Oh, you, don't, you didn't have the two left over from last episode? Oh, yes, I did. Thank you for reminding me. So, WWE changed the finish for a top match at Elimination Chamber. WWE booked a third match between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley at the Elimination Chamber premium live event last month that saw Lashley go over by disqualification, I might add. As previously reported, WWE discussed several opponents for Lesnar at WrestleMania Goes Hollywood, including Stone Cold Steve Austin, Gunther, Lashley, and Bray Wyatt. Lesnar nixed the idea of wrestling Wyatt while Austin declined to wrestle the Beast. And it's still unclear why the Gunther match didn't happen. While speaking on Wrestling Observer Newsletter Radio, 
Dave Meltzer added more to the situation with Lesnar at WrestleMania. He confirmed plans for Lesnar versus Wyatt, but after that was off the table, WWE needed to change the finish of Lesnar versus Lashley, leading to Lashley going over instead of Lesnar. Originally, what was going to happen was Brock beating Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber, and that was going to lead to Brock against Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. That's why Bray Wyatt did that interview on SmackDown, calling for the winner of Lashley versus Lesnar at Elimination Chamber. But after they did that, they had to change the finish, and Brock had to now... Bobby Lashley is in that spot. Sorry about that misquote there. Um, look, I mean, I'm intrigued by Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt because we've never seen that matchup, but I would have been ten times more intrigued by the thought of The Beast versus Bray Wyatt because just watching some of those segments and Lesnar's reactions to them, to me, would have been absolutely priceless. I mean, I think that Lesnar has always been much more expressive than Bobby Lashley has been. Like, even if he's never been the best at cutting promos, he shows a lot more emotion in his face and his body language. So that's what makes him such a great on-air character. So, you know, it's... And then, and then, then, I mean, the whole change of the finish, I don't know why they did the disqualification. I personally hate disqualification finishes at premium live events and pay-per-views, period. I, I think they should be outlawed. But, um, yeah, and, and then all these potential matchups for Lesnar. Um, why are you going to put him up against Stone Cold Steve Austin? Um, Lesnar versus Gunther could have been amazing, could have been a modern classic. Remains to be seen if that'll happen. You know, Lesnar versus Lashley again at WrestleMania. Yeah, but been there, done that. Lesnar versus Wyatt. It would have been weird and it would have been original. Yeah. And from my understanding, from what I've seen is Bobby or uh, not Bobby, but uh, Brock Lesnar requested not, not to, uh, not to wrestle Bray Wyatt. The day of Elimination Chamber, reports tell me, <laughs> reports tell me that Brock Lesnar said that he would not face Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. I don't know why. I haven't got that far yet, but it looks like it was his request. I would have liked to personally seen that match, but I also heard that Brock Lesnar is almost done completely with his wrestling career. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. I'm sure we'll get an update on that soon. But yeah, that's what I've heard so far. All right, so I've got the next headline. Oh, you have something to say, sir? Do you yep. want to go ahead and knock out that other headline while you got it pulled up? We'll go ahead and let you do it. I mean, do I? Do I? <laughs> you don't want to? <laughs> no, 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 I will. Eddie Kingston quits AEW. After tonight's AEW Dynamite, or rather last week's, Lexi Nair asked Eddie Kingston about what went down tonight with him and Ortiz during the ladder match. Kingston simply said, I quit AEW. Peace. Kingston was at the Ring of Honor TV tapings this weekend, and he's being pushed as one of the top guys in the promotion. It seems as if perhaps Kingston will wrestle exclusively for Ring of Honor for the time being. Well, Kingston does have some history with Ring of Honor from several years back in their original incarnation, so I guess that makes sense. And truth be told, I, I don't. I've said it, and you've said it, Kentucky guy. I don't think he's contributing much to the AEW product, so. Sure, put him on Ring of Honor television for the time being. Um, yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not an Eddie Kingston fan. I'm sorry. Uh, for those of you who are, that's fine. All well and good. I just he, he's not my cup of tea, if you will. Yeah, well, same. Uh, absolutely, same. <laughs> right here, I uh, have never been a fan of his, and even when he was with Ring of Honor before, and I think he's just. Uh, He's just got a big mouth and he whines all the time. So, yeah, I could care less if he's with Ring of Honor or AW. As long as he gets the less TV time and I don't have to see him, the happier I am. All right, so here, I've got the next headline. <laughs> Sami Zayn issues a match challenge for Monday's WWE Raw. That's tonight. Sami Zayn is looking to get his hands on another member of the Bloodline coming out of Friday's SmackDown episode. On SmackDown, uh, Zayn worked a match against Solo Sequoia 
in the main event before Jimmy Uso attacked him. Eventually, Zayn managed to fight back and exit through the crowd to close the show. On today's WWE SmackDown Lowdown, Zayn did a promo challenging Jimmy to a match on Monday's Raw in Boston. Zayn referenced how Boston was the site of last year's Survivor Series War Games event and the night Zayn was officially accepted as a member of the bloodline. Zayn said that knowing Roman Reigns has given the ultimatum of getting his brother Jay Uso back in the bloodline by the end of next week's SmackDown, he knows Jimmy will come up short in the match and get it, and come up short getting Jay back. Woo! <laughs> WWE has yet to confirm the bout. However, they did they did confirm it earlier today. That's actually the only thing they had down was that and John Cena showing back up. But uh yeah, I'm here for that match. Let's see it. Uh and I think uh I think we could you know what? I think we could, I don't know positive, but we could see Jay Uso tonight and Kevin Owens may be involved in this match if this match does go that far all the way through. Could be interesting. Could be. Your thoughts, sir? I could definitely see a Jay Uso run-in of some kind. Um, you know, whether he'll actually attack Sami Zayn or just kind of help uh, bail his brother out, I don't know just yet. But I, I, it would be stupid for WWE to not get Jay and Uso involved in this match on Raw. You got And same thing with Kevin Owens. Throw, throw him in, too. Start building towards that match. Right. If you're going you're gonna to need the hype for the match. That's the same thing with the Mysterios. You're going to need the hype for the match. And you're going to have to, I mean, we're, what, three weeks away from WrestleMania? I mean, this is March. We're in March now. I mean, this is crazy. Let's start building hype for these matches and uh, moving the storyline along. Uh, let's see here. Let's go over some Rampage results real quick before we call it a day. We had the, uh, okay, so we had a, uh, looks like a four-week, four-way tag team match. We had Aussie Open versus BCC, which is uh, William Regal's uh, old team, the combat club. Uh, Top Flight versus Dark Order. And the winner was actually uh, the combat club. So, I don't know. I didn't have a whole lot invested in this match. Actually, to be honest with you, I thought this was, no wonder Rampage's ratings are going down so badly because I really thought that this match, uh, this whole show, pretty much stunk. Uh, the next match was Ro uh, Ruby Rojo versus Emma Sakura. Ruby Rojo won. She was still a face then. She won fair and square. Hobbs, who is going to face Warlow now and absolutely get destroyed trying to take Warlow's TNT title, he faced uh, Serpetico. Hobbs won the match. And then we had Sir, uh, Swerve and Parker versus Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. And believe it or not, they let Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes, two out-of-shape has-beens, win the match. So, yeah, I just I wasn't invested in this whole show. But I did want to go over the results because we failed to do so a lot with AEW Rampage because it's kind of boring. So, anyways, your thoughts, sir, on any of those matches? Yeah, uh, kind of a disappointing show overall. I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs, of course, he was going to win his match against Serpentico. He's got to look strong going into his uh, match on Dynamite. Ruby Soho was was gearing up for her women's title opportunity at Revolution, so she had to win. You know, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta are both title holders in Ring of Honor, so it makes sense for them to win that fatal four-way match. The match I was most invested in was the main event just because of what's been going on with uh, Swerve and his entourage attacking Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee. I'm not surprised that Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes went over here. Um, did you notice Keith Lee came came out to the ring dressed with a cape? So he went from a, a, a bear cat to a magician now? I that's your boy. I have no <laughs> I have no idea. That that's your that's your uh guy there, buddy. What well, he's also changing up his look. He's letting his gray hair come out, which is, which is interesting. I guess his next his new ring name is going to be Grandpa Lee in a, in a couple of months. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, you're you're the big Keith Lee fan on this show, not me. So, hey, I, I have no idea what he's doing. He's awful young to have gray hair, though, right? Uh, I don't know. I think he's in his late thirties, so he's he's not he's not too much older than me, to be perfectly honest. 
I feel you. I feel you. All right, so I've got one more headline before we call the show that uh, I think is important that we go over real quick just to kind of put it out there because we've been talking about it in the last few episodes. Here we go. Last headline. Tony Khan was asked about Kenny Omega's AEW contract status. In recent weeks, there's been a lot of talk about Kenny Omega's future in AEW as it was believed that his deal was slated to expire in late January. However, AEW extended the deal for the time that he missed while out with injuries. It's unclear how much longer he has on that extended time. As previously reported, WWE is interested in signing Omega once he's free and clear to talk. Omega is said to be open-minded about going to the rival promotion. The Elite dropped the AEW trio's titles to House of Black at AEW Revolution. While speaking with the media at the post-Revolution Media Scrum, AEW's Tony Khan was asked about Omega's status. He has stated that he does not talk about wrestlers' contracts, but he had praise for Omega, and Khan said the following, quote, I think Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in AEW history. He's one of the most decorated wrestlers, Khan stated. To have somebody who, who's been the World Trios champion and had a great match defending that title tonight, world tag team champion and the world champion he's done everything you can do as a world champion in this country in this company and also the iwgp u.s champion and this year alone he has had some of the best matches in the world i thought it was an excellent match on the pay-per-view tonight he started the year with a great match versus will offspray at new japan pro wrestling wrestling kingdom Kenny omega can do anything he sets his mind to he's one of the best stars in the world and I hope he's here for a very long time. Okay. That sounds to me, I know he put that last statement in there. He hopes he's there for a very long time. But when he says something like, he's done everything you can do as a world champion in this company, it sounds like to me, Tony Khan might be preparing himself mentally just a little bit of the possibility that he could be gone. I don't know, but you know, usually where I always say this, where there's smoke, there's fire. And that statement right there, take it for what you will. Your thoughts, sir? It's a very real possibility that Tony, uh, that excuse me, that uh, Kenny Omega is going to go elsewhere once his contract expires. WWE could be on the horizon. It's been rumored that they are interested in him. Obviously, he's still under contract. He can't have any official talks. But, I, I mean, the possibility is there. And if you really think about it, what else does... Kenny Omega really have to accomplish in AEW. He's been world champion. He's been tag team champion. He's been trios champion. Okay, he never won the All-Atlantic or TNT titles, but those are kind of nothing titles when you when you compare them to someone like Kenny Omega and his accolades. So, honestly, if I were Kenny Omega, I would take the best offer that's on the table, whether it's from WWE or AEW or New Japan. Who knows? Because we know that's where he got his start. That's where he became a megastar. There's a lot of options on the table for him. And I think Tony Khan, he's he's got to accept the fact that he may lose one of his biggest stars in the very near future. And he's got to be prepared for it. He's got to be prepared to, to build more stars. Yeah, I think that, uh, and I think Tony Khan, you know, to his credit, I think he just dealt with that with losing Cody Rhodes. So he's been there. I don't see Kenny Omega going back to New Japan Pro Wrestling only because he's had a taste now of one of the main companies. So if he's if he's going to do anything, he's going to be WWE or AEW because he's he knows what it's like to be. His popularity has grown so much since he's been wrestling in the U.S. again that it's unbelievable. And everybody's seeing what I've seen for years out of this guy. I mean, I've been a, I've been a Kenny Omega fan for many many years. But not everybody watches New Japan Pro Wrestling. Not everybody watches MLB. So, you know, or what culture wrestling, which they're out of business now. But that was a big one, too, that he appeared on several times. But anyways, Kenny Omega, yeah, I think if uh, if he goes anywhere, it has to be WWE or he stays with AEW. I think that uh, Triple H is going to open up checkbook. And I think it's a real possibility we see all three members of the elite in wwe before the end of the year and that excites the crap out of me <laughs> all right sir that's all i have for this episode what do you have 
Yeah, that's all I have for this episode, Kentucky. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your hostess, the Kentucky guy, and Donnie Cage. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, God bless and God bless America.